0: Hello and welcome back to the Pilgrims Podcast. My name's Archie and joining me for this Pilgrims Unfiltered is Callum Laconi, someone that knows our new signing in the Stafford Bundu extremely well. We touch on everything from Nuki to Andelek and in and Sierra Leone to meeting Graham Potter in a front living room, playing against Victor Ossiman in the summer and that late night medical in Andelek to get his Argyle deal over the line. It's an amazing story. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, welcome back. Joining me today is Callum. Callum, mate, how are you doing?
1: Yes, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad at
0: all, not bad at all. You must be um a bit tired. You've just had a late night in Bristol, playing
1: football, I might add. Yeah, so um, I play for miles FC, so I've played for them for the last couple of years and we've just been, um, we just got promoted to the Southern League this year, so... okay. Um, there's no other teams from from Cornwall in that league. So we played Bristol Manor Farm last night. So I left my house at half one in the afternoon and then I got back up three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh my word. Do so you, yeah, you, so you guys got on the bus straight after the game? Yeah, so we have got a really, a really nice bus to be fair, uh, right. which is good. And we, we scored uh, the literally last kick of the game, 98th minute or something we scored to make wow. it four three. So Wow. So that was good.
0: So it was a nice yeah. trip back. Miles, they must. Be, yeah. are, they, are they one of the most southerly teams in the UK? Mousel? Yeah. must be. Yeah,
1: right? I, I think I think they actually put something on saying that we are actually the most westernly team in the whole of England. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's not too bad for me because I'm from Newquay, You see, so I'm kind of a bit further up. Um, whereas some of the lads that are from down there, it's like some of the travel into the away games is ridiculous. We've got um, we've got Malvern Town on on Saturday away. So that's like near Hereford. I think that's about five hours and twenty minutes from from So yeah, we've got some tracks on our hands, but a
0: anyway. long old, a long old poke, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now, thanks ever so much for coming on. We've got you on because you know Mustafa. You know him pretty well, don't you?
1: Yeah. So. Um... Basically, when he left Sierra Leone to come over to um, to come over to England, so the like foundation, the Craig Bellamy Foundation that he was in Sierra Leone, it was like a little like academy that he'd set up for obviously kids over there to go like move away from their home. Basically, um, they would stay there, train, um, and then when they got to a certain age, he he would give them like their education, and um, so they would have to do like English, maths, and science basically as GCSEs, mm-hmm. um, and then providing they got like certain grades, they was allowed to then try go to like different places, maybe study in America or study in England. And he ended up coming over to um the same college as me basically, which was Hartbury College. Um and when he come over, there wasn't the, the team that we played in was like an under nineteens team, so you could play for mm-hmm. two years in college and then you was allowed university students that were in their first year, you see. So when we when he came over, there was only a couple of college students in, in the first team at the time. So there was like me and him and maybe one other lad that were like first year college and then a couple of second year college. But the, the majority of the team was all university players. So um, obviously we become friends because you would usually kind of hang around and go on the bus and sit next to him and sit next to people that um, were yeah, right. in the college, team basically. Um so I've become good friends with him through that. And then obviously due to him living in Sierra Leone and um, he couldn't go home at Christmas. He would have to stay at the, the college campus, which was obviously not ideal really. So uh, one year he, well, just from kind of the first, first time we met each other, I invited him down if he wanted to come stay with us at Christmas. And then he kind of stayed with us then through Christmases and Easter's. And any time we had off, he would just come and live at mine. Wow, um, with my family. So also we become best friends through that. Really.
0: So he really could have ended up anywhere through this Craig Bellamy um, foundation. Yeah,
1: okay, yeah. So up. I think oh, the, okay. yeah, there was there were some of his mates that. Um, that went off obviously and studied in in America. Um, a couple of people went over to kind of Sweden and places like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but him and another lad that he came over with, they they both obvi- obviously come to England. I think because he'd actually come to England in the past. He'd come to like. Um, I think that Craig would send players. Uh, clubs to go for like train for weekends there. So he'd right. gone to like Liverpool, Man City, okay, um, okay, a few other places to like train occasionally. So I think he had like a link to England. So that's why he, he came over in the end.
0: So how many years later then are we skipping forward until there's that infamous Nuki
1: game? Okay, so he played for Nuki when we was in our second year of college. So I'd only be friends with him for say, like, just over a year. Right. Um, And he was playing for Hereford at the time. Mm. So, obviously, they were step five, and Nuki were step six. And when it got to Christmas time, um, Hereford were often sending taxis down to pick him up from mine and Nuki, take him up to Hereford. He would play, and then he would come, they would drive him back down to Nuki, and then eh? he'd be back. Um, And it was just on, on the off chance, really. We'd spoke about it in the past, like about him playing for Nuki and stuff, and just as like a joke, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there was, there was one day that Hereford's game got called off. Um, Hereford's game got called off, so he ended up um, basically just coming on the bench for Nuki, and then he ended up just coming on and obviously set the world alight, really. But we, we knew he would, but we, we didn't want to, um, to... To be honest, the plan wasn't really to, to put him on. We only put him on for like... Ten or fifteen minutes or something. Right. Uh, just we was losing really because I don't that, think the. Is Herif- that the Ivy part- Bridge game? Yeah. So right. I I don't think the um Hereford manager was too keen on him. Right. On him playing basically. Yeah. Um. But Espe- he did.
0: Especially if you're forking out a small fortune for those taxis.
1: Yeah. You exactly. Can't have been, so can't he He's like. Yeah, he was one of Hereford. Obviously, one of Hereford's best players. So they didn't want him to. Get injured or anything, but he was like adamant that he really wanted to play for Nuki and stuff like this. So right, that's was, that was fair enough. <laughs> so how how many games did he actually play for Nuki? Was it just that one? Yeah, so he he played two, but the what he played one. Um So he would have come down maybe about Easter time, but yeah. when he wasn't playing Hereford, he come down for Easter and we had a game away at St Blaise. Um Our he he was playing for England schoolboys at the time. He had a game for England schoolboys, so they right. did. They didn't really want him playing anyway, but he's he was quite like, I don't know why, he had some like kind of, um, I don't know, because my dad was manager at the time, you see, of Nuki. Right, so, okay, so that was, the end. was staying there. So my, so my dad was constantly saying, oh, come on, just go on the bench and stuff, yeah, and he yeah, wanted yeah. to do that, so he only ended up coming on for like five minutes in the St. Blazer game, we was 3-0 down. Yeah, the pitch was really bad, but I remember he got like he got the ball on the left wing and he dribbled past like four or five players and hit the posts. And their manager w- went up to my dad and he was like, "Where the hell? Where the hell does <laughs> he come from?" <laughs> did your did
0: enough. your dad then have a bit of an idea that he was a bit yeah. of a gem? So it wasn't a total because, shock.
1: Yeah, my, my dad's a bit of a I don't know. Obviously, my dad's really biased, probably not like most people are. But they he obviously thinks that I'm like amazing and yeah, class yeah. and stuff. And I yeah. remember the first time that um that Bundu played for our college team he scored this like he scored this goal I put it on my Twitter the other day actually where he did this like um this like unreal touch on, on a diag he done this unreal touch and he put it in the top corner and I rang my dad after the game and I was like Honestly, I think I've just seen one of the best goals I've ever seen. Really? And I was like, tell right. him about it. And my dad was like, oh, nah, he won't be that good. He won't be that good. Because <laughs> <laughs> me and him were playing in, this, in the same position, you see. So when we went to um England what school, po- What boys position trial, was that, sorry? So I was playing... We- he was playing as a left winger then. Right, okay. Um, or-, or sometimes he would play as a striker and I was also playing as a left winger or yeah. right wing sometimes. And so we went to the um England Schoolboys trials, you see, and it got uh... to like, the last 32. And some guy come up to me and was like, uh, I think you need to re- rethink what position you want to play because, obviously, he's left winger and he's going to be the left winger, so you might want <laughs> right. to try and play in a different position. So I was like, OK. <laughs> so I ended up playing centre field but I, did, I didn't get in in the end. But
0: anyway. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, your dad must have been over the moon then with your tip off.
1: Yeah, it was. It, it was weird, actually, because... Um, I remember during that Christmas, we we was both at home and my my parents were out and stuff. And yeah, um, I got a I got a phone call from the Hereford manager because their game had got called off. This is this Nuki's game was off as well, so we was just chilling at home and he was like, "Oh, there's some guy coming that's flown over from Sweden to um to watch Moose plays, you, you see, for for Hereford." And obviously, as he was in the flight, the game got cancelled. Um, so he and he ended up driving all the way down to Nuki. So um we we was in one so he just ran me up to me because he wanted to come speak to moose you see and show him like a few things so right anyway this guy opened the door and it was uh it was graham potter really so yeah so when he was manager of osterson's he um he came over to he flew to birmingham i think and then obviously the game was off so he drove all the way down to my house um and then come in showed him like a massive presentation on Østensen's and how that would be good for his development because wow. at the time, it was looking like, well, he had to go to like a Scandinavian country basically because of his visa requirements and stuff. He couldn't play in kind of like Spain or England or anywhere like that. Right. Okay. Um, so he came in and showed him all the all these things, but he wanted him to sign like because he didn't have an agent at the time. You see, he yeah, would just yeah. go through Craig Bellamy. So he actually wanted him to sign for Austersons like literally, like right then uh-huh he wanted him to sign then um but he couldn't because he wanted to finish off obviously his the whole point of him coming to england was for him to get an education so he would have had to have stopped his education and stuff so he ended up obviously completing his um it was like a b second sport yeah. qualification yeah and then he went to denmark after that basically and went to Aarhus over there
0: that's incredible i mean Potter's team I mean, it was renowned for their kind of um, focus on data, but that's incredible that they must yeah. have picked him up back then. Yeah. I mean, with, yeah, all, it was pretty with, ju- with all due respect playing for Hereford, I mean, I can't, yeah. imagine, I can't imagine the data was huge, but yeah. clearly it was it, there. It, it,
1: he, had, he had a lot of teams, like through college, we would play against, we'd often play against like Bristol Rovers or teams right. like that in, okay. in friendlies and stuff to kind of like showcase some of our players. And also they would look at Any players that were going to get released from there, would then they would try get them to come to Hartpury too. So he often would we would play against. I remember there was he played for the uni team when he was in college against Bournemouth. Bournemouth had just been promoted to the Premier League, and he played against the under twenty ones, and he scored a hat trick and got an assist. And our uni team beat them four three. And I think it was from around that moment that he was having like. They would get teams ringing up like all the time, asking about him. Really? Um, asking wow. about different things, and obviously he was scoring loads for Hereford as well. So there was loads of interest in him. He went on a, a trial at Chelsea towards the end of his college college time, but I think they basically said that because of his visa and stuff that it wouldn't be worth them, like getting that all sorted out for him and stuff. I, I think, and then obviously he went to Denmark in the end. so Incredible.
0: I mean, he must. Yeah. he must look back on that Potter moment now and kind of smile, considering I how know. well he's done.
1: It's, I know it's mental because obviously, when he was like a Brighton manager, and then obviously went to Chelsea and stuff, like it was—it's just like so weird because it's like a story that like Jay or thing between us would, would tell. telling <laughs> yeah, me. <some> yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I was a bit like sometimes I tell people and I think oh they definitely think I'm lying. <laughs> yeah, but
0: it's just so weird. Yeah, you must be over the moon now. He's come back uh, t- to Devon. Yeah,
1: so... Some people can actually like that, see,
0: that,
1: see that, you that's went really telling good. big fib. Yeah, so... <laughs> he, um, so, I, I've been over to see him play in Denmark just before COVID. Right. Um and then, that for Aarhus? Since
0: then, Aarhus, what was it?
1: Yeah, so he was playing for Aarhus. So, yeah. this was probably in, maybe his second or third season there. So, he just kind of cemented himself as like a starter and right. he was one of their main players um then that season i think i think he got some close to like 10 goals and 10 assists something around that um and there was like their their team hadn't done very well in the league and they got there like they come third in that league which was pretty good because you have like copenhagen and that Midtjylland and bronby and a few like yeah, decent yeah, yeah. teams in, in that league and they ended up coming third you see and they just missed out on like a Europa League qualifying okay. place somehow. Um Yeah, it's a fairly prestigious
0: so, just sorry, just to cut in there. it's a fairly prestigious yep. name, isn't it, in Danish football. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So um obviously Jack Wilshire went there like yeah, a couple of yeah, seasons yeah. ago yeah. when he, yeah. he played with him for a bit. So they they had a pretty good team. Um and then since um well since he's been over there I well since he left Denmark, obviously we had Covid and then he kind of what signed for Anderlecht and things didn't really work out how it was meant to. And he was getting loaned out to different places and it was kind of hard for him to settle down in a place for me to then go over and see him again.
0: Yeah, so just to wind back. So he left Hereford and got a trial
1: at, in, yeah. at
0: Aarhus in Denmark. Did yeah, did really well. And then got a huge, yeah. what was it, near £3 million move to company yeah. Vincent so, Companies Anderlecht?
1: Yeah, so he um well he had quite a few teams that were interested in him um he imagine. went to he went to that lorient in france yeah um he went over there and was going to sign for them but like last minute andalex um got hold of his agent and then he ended up moving to Andalux. Wow. um and he just kind of he went there i think he only had two starts played about Four hundred minutes, and then that was it. Really, he just did, he obviously didn't kind of set the world alight or anything like that. But sometimes, it, he was obviously moving away to a different place, had to get used to a different different league. Obviously, it was meant to be kind of like a step up, step up for him, and he didn't yeah. really get much of a chance then um, to play at all. Yeah, which which wasn't ideal for him.
0: So then he went back on loan again, back to Denmark.
1: Yeah, so he went to Copenhagen. So Copenhagen had had like a a weird thing with Aarhus. With he, they would often kind of in a a way, you know, how Chelsea take like Brighton's players, right? Is it the Danish equivalent? It was like that, it was like that equivalent of that, basically. Okay, okay. Um, he was getting quite a lot of abuse from the Aarhus fans when he went back to Copenhagen, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, but he went there for like I think he was there for about half a season, he he did all right, yeah. Um, and then went back to Anderlecht. But the thing was, he was when he was getting loaned out, it was always, um at the end of transfer windows it was like the last minute thing or right or things like that and then he at that point he wouldn't have played since say kind of like may so then he wouldn't be like match fit if you know what i mean he'd been yeah, training but yeah. he wouldn't be like match fit and then he was kind of like obviously it takes you a couple of games to get in the squad like getting the starting team and stuff like that and then before you know it, the season's always finished um type thing so his his main thing for this transfer window was getting a permanent move somewhere, so he could properly like settle down. If you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Because because he's not really been settled since he left Denmark to start off with, really.
0: So his most recent club was FC Andorra, who I've got to be honest, I didn't know existed. I thought it was just you, you, you always think of Andorra with like Eng, England qualifications yeah. and the internationals, but
1: they've actually got a club. I know. Yeah, so that was that was a bit that was the same as me really, because quite often. Um, he would be during the end of the transfer windows we would speak fairly fairly frequently and whenever something was happening he would very rarely be answering like a message he wouldn't reply or something like that for a while so then I would usually go on Twitter and you'd see like little bits of kind of information on Twitter about teams that are interested in him or whatever and then it, it just kind of come out of the blue and then when it said that he signed for Andorra I was like I, I, I didn't know what to think to be honest yeah. and then Obviously, I did a bit of research and they, they're not as kind of, well, obviously they were quite a good team. Um, obviously PK owns them. So yeah. Um, and they the play, had right? they're playing
0: in the second division of La Liga, which is yeah. not bad at all, is it?
1: Yeah. So I think it was their first season in there and I think they come like maybe eighth, yeah, something like that. Uh-huh. Um, so I think that they'll probably finish a bit higher than that this season. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. 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 That must be some place to play. Yeah, right. I mean, he said that it was a really, it was a really nice place. Obviously, it was quite. It's there's loads of mountains there, and there's not loads to do. But um, <laughs> right, yeah. And it obviously, it snows loads, in, in the winter, it's right. he said that it snowed loads. Um, right. The only thing was, it it was a miles away from anywhere. Like the closest airport was Barcelona, which was like over three hours away. Um, so it was just like a bit of a nightmare for his like girlfriend and um people that wanted to come over and see him. It was just a bit of a nightmare to get to. Yeah. Um,
0: now I remember trying to a group of us actually looked about going there for like an England game a while back. But yeah, yeah. It's just it's just in the middle of nowhere, isn't it? Really, yeah. Literally. I think you're right. It was Barcelona Airport, which was the closest, but, yeah. but it was a good drive. So yeah, obviously yeah. We, didn't, we didn't make the trip, but um yeah,
1: I'm sure we had some experiences over there. Yeah, um I think he, he enjoyed it. And also right. from going to these like different places, they was quite um he was quite keen on like learning the languages and stuff like that so um he can snap, speak a bit of spanish and different different and danish and stuff so wow. i think he quite enjoys that really
0: yeah he's been around hasn't he in, in these last yeah.
1: eight years or so it's
0: incredible uh, so just to look at his international career i mean i think he's only yeah. I say only he's played 14 times but he's done recently he's done quite well Two goals in the last three yeah. and assist and then he played against Nigeria in the summer
1: Yeah. In, so, <laughs> in an
0: incredible game huh
1: yeah he's got um he's got quite a good record against Nigeria in right. one of his first games for Sierra Leone I think maybe like his fourth or fifth game they was they played Nigeria I was watching it on like some dodgy live stream on right. Facebook right. on, the, on like, Sierra Leone Football Association page okay. um so I was watching that they was they were four nil down in that game at half time and um they ended up where he he scored and set one up and they ended up drawing 4 all in that game and that got wow. them the qualification to the previous African Cup of Nations mm-hmm. um so that was pretty cool so he's actually got wow. I think that was probably I think out of the 3 goals that he scored two of them have been against Nigeria and he yeah. was, he was captain in the last it was his first game as captain in the last game as well is that the one they lost 3-2 yeah so they they needed to win that um, to have any chance of qualifying for the African Cup of Asians for this year. Um, so they lost that. So I think they, the Sierra Leone have actually got a game in this in an international break, but a lot of the players that would go over and play from, say, like the the decent teams, I don't think many of them are going over because it's a bit of a, a nothing game for them, really.
0: Okay. I mean, that looking at that Nigeria game, it's incredible. I mean, the Nigerian lineup is... Yeah.
1: Star stars, isn't really it?
0: Victor Osimhen up yeah. front. I mean, like he must be the oh, most no. wanted man in European football right now. Yeah. At, at they, had Napoli. A, they had a really good
1: team. Yeah, they had uh, but, a really good team.
0: I mean that must be incredible. I guess now you're kinda of used to it seeing your mate play on the the glamorous. Stage.
1: Yeah.
0: But when he's playing games like that, that must be
1: Yeah. Mad I know. When uh, he's gone from playing playing against Ivy Bridges strikers to uh <laughs> the <to> head <him> now. <laughs>
0: Ian Nacho and Ossiman, that's, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. And they, they lost in the last minute, didn't they? That must have been heartbreaking.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was a bit annoying. I think that they were pushing to get like a a winner, really. So Yeah, I
0: can imagine, especially yeah. if it a must-win. Yeah. So then, that was obviously just a few months ago in the summer that's uh, just yeah. been. And then, he, I presume he's been looking for a new club.
1: Yeah. Um, so the whole of the... Um, transfer window, him and his agent have been trying to find different teams but um, Anderlecht obviously wanted to get a certain amount of money for him um, a certain amount of money for him which some teams weren't willing to pay and his agent was basically saying that he needed to just wait until the end of the transfer window, yeah. um, and then teams will start. Like Andereh will want, will will realize it because he was going into the last year of his contract. There was yeah. like I think that there was um, possibly like a few things in there where they Andereh wouldn't have wanted to kind of come into play. Right um, in his last year of contract, and also it would have meant that he would have left on a free agent eventually. Mm. So that meant that they, they would have got nothing back for him. Yeah. Um. So he had like a few teams. He obviously had, like, Andorra wanted him again. Um, he had a few a few different options. And then it was probably... I played a game at Tavistock on bank holiday weekend on the okay. Monday. Yeah. And I finished that game. And he rang me. And usually, if he wanted to speak to me about something just normal, he would probably message me say, like... Right, so you oh, had a feeling.
0: Uh, you had a feeling something was... Yeah. <laughs> I,
1: I knew that something was happening because he... I thought uh, I thought I don't I don't really know what what I was thinking, but I thought that it was obviously important. Yeah. So yeah. then he rang me, and he he rang me, and I could tell in his voice that he was like excited because he was like laughing a lot and stuff, and he was yeah. like, "Oh, he was going, oh, um, you all right?'" And I was like, "Yeah." And then he was asking me about my game, and I was like, "Right, just tell me what you want <laughs> to tell me." So I'm, in, I'm in the clubhouse now, and he was like, "He was like, yeah." He was like, D-, "He was like, when I used to come to yours, we went to Plymouth a few times, didn't we?" And I was like. Yeah, probably because it's like the only kind of proper decent place of like near us, really. So yeah. I was like, yeah, and he went, oh, they've they've just contacted my agent about me going there, and I was like, Plymouth, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, and I was like, the Fargyle? and he was like, yeah, and I was like, mate, that is that is actually mental. Like out of all the teams, all the teams in England, like everything. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, it's just mental. Like we've got some of our best friends from college and college and union stuff are, are Argyle supporters and live in Plymouth yeah. and, and stuff like that. So it's just like it's just mental how it all come about. And then by like by kind of Wednesday, I was about kind of ninety five percent certain that he was going to go to go to Plymouth. Um, wow. I told I told a couple of my my close mates and stuff. So it was quite funny when on um, kind of like the deadline day. Uh, it was funny because I follow quite a lot of people. Obviously, being from Newky, there's loads of Argyle sports here, and they was all kicking off saying, "Oh, why well, have we not signed anyone yet?" And, I know, I know. Like it was like getting a... really squeaky bum time, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Well, the the thing was, they they wanted him to come over to England to do his medical over here, right? But because of his visa, he it couldn't get he couldn't get here until I think even now. I think he's back in Denmark. Right. And he's not allowed until the visa gets accepted. So I think he'll be over maybe on the weekend or something. Okay. Um. So anyway, they ended up flying a physio to Andalex training ground. That he went and then did his medical there, you see. Oh, my word. Um, to get everything sorted and yeah. then uh, to do everything. So at one point, I was thinking, I was panicking a bit because it did get to like, it, it was about seven or eight o'clock and he was like, oh, the physio's still not here. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, uh, no. yeah. And I'd already told so many people Yeah, that yeah. at that point.
0: Then um, then they'd be really calling you Jake Art, right? If that hadn't pulled off.
1: Oh, oh no, exactly. I imagine. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then he, he messaged me a bit later on when I, I was out for a meal and he messaged me a bit later on just, just saying it's done now. Wow. So he was buzzing about that
0: really. Mate, you must, I mean, privately, personally, you must be, over the moon.
1: Oh yeah. I was, I was honestly like me and like my close mates and stuff. We was, we was absolutely, absolutely buzzing and all my family and everything, because he's not stepped foot back in England since he left like six years ago. And when he left, it was barely like, um, I don't know. Like he literally just had to leave basically like he finished college and then he, he just had to leave and he went over to Sierra Leone for a bit and then obviously went over to Denmark and, um, being a professional footballer, you don't get much time off to be able to go and visit places and with his visa and stuff like that, we didn't get to see him much. So um we we was all really buzzing with that, uh, with him coming over and obviously for him it must be it must be nice that he's got um he's got a lot of people that will kinda of help him out over here and um it's probably a bit easier for him to settle down than in a country he knows nothing about. Yeah, right. Doesn't yeah. know anyone, doesn't know <laughs> the language.
0: So you've been—he's been to Argyle before, then? Did you say as a fan uh, I or? I don't a know if he's
1: been. To, I don't, hes he has been to Plymouth before. Right. I don't okay. know if he's—if he's, if he's oh. been to watch Argyle or anything like that.
0: Okay, but he obviously like, knew the name, like you said.
1: Yeah, yeah, he—he he, he knew of Plymouth obviously because we well, some of our best mates had played for Plymouth when they were younger and stuff that right. went to college. Um. So he he knew about Argyle and, or Argyle and stuff then. Right. Um, so yeah, so he he's really he's really looking forward to it, and I've had so many people message me on Twitter and stuff like that, saying um, like if he needs anything, let me know and stuff like this. Who who either played for Nuki or knew of him and, and things like that, which is wow. which is nice for him as well. That's amazing.
0: That's incredible. Yeah. So I guess you'll be making the trip down to Home Park at some point.
1: Oh yeah, the the only thing is, is obviously Plymouth play on Saturdays and yeah, Tuesday yeah. night mainly, and that's when we have. We have games as well, so I've, um, I've, I've, I've looked at the fixtures, and I think there's a few games that that I'll be coming to Defo. I'll be, I'll be coming every game that I can go. I'll hundred percent will go watch.
0: That's awesome. Um, yeah, hopefully, I mean, Sky Sport might help you out there. They might rearrange a few games.
1: Yeah, hopefully, I hope so. Anyway, I've so, seen um, sorry, go they've on, got man. Sheffield Wednesday on a Wed on a Wednesday. I right. think in October or something. So. Yeah. Um, hopefully I don't have to leave it that long, but um, I think that that would be one of the games I'd probably go to. Yeah, that'd be a good one. They're they're not having a great time
0: of it at the moment, so yeah, you might have a, you might have a chance of a few goals. Um, yeah. <laughs> so can you something I haven't quite been able to figure out is his main position? Obviously, we were Argo were looking for a striker all yeah. all summer, and we finally got one. yeah Uh, um he's kind of more of a he's played a lot on the right wing i've seen and all across the front three could you shed some light on that
1: yeah so when we was in college and university he was always mainly a left winger or he would play as a striker for but his main position was a left winger for hereford he was always playing on the left Uh, but then obviously because of his stature he is like six foot three or six foot four he's a big lad so it's not like he can't play up front. He was just always preferred it on the left. He was a bit like, obviously, it's a bit of a odd comparison, but he would play a bit like how Henri would play when he was right. on the left. Okay, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But then when he went to Denmark, he started off as a left winger, um, and then he played almost a full season under a manager as a striker, um, and then they got a new manager in, and he was more of a direct counter attacking kind of um manager where they had like a big striker and he they started playing him on the right then you see. Yeah. And he seemed to well he had his best kind of like his best season in that position mainly cuz the striker was a really good finisher so he would often obviously break away and put crosses in and different things like that for for him to score so he got quite a lot of assists through that. Mm. Um and then that's that kind of like because he had his best season there that's kind of stuck with him then um of of playing on the wing.
0: Okay, right. I mean, he's he, my limited knowledge of him through kind of two minute YouTube highlights. Yeah. He seems to be powerful and athletic. Yeah. I know that's not hardly cutting an edge yeah. um, analysis, but he seems like a awfully
1: athletic bloke. Yeah. Just
0: his physique. Yeah. If nothing else. Yeah. So
1: he. He's he's obviously he's, he's he was a really big lad. He's always been yeah. a lot bigger than he college and stuff. Like it was almost like playing a bloke against like right. sometimes, right? Okay. um And also he's got the, that like effortless running technique where you know when someone's you can you can tell where he might his legs might not be moving fast, but he will like just glide past people like they're not even there basically, right? right. Um, but then, along with that, most kind of big athletic players you would say wouldn't have maybe they might be a bit raw, yeah, um, or maybe not have the best technique. But he's got like his technique of shooting and crossing, dribbling is like, and his touch and everything is just like ridiculous. Yeah, his like, finishes. Actually...
0: His finishes seem to be lethal. <laughs> I mean, yeah. when he when, yeah. when he
1: hits a ball, it stays hit, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like, there was, there was some goals and stuff like that that we've seen him. There was actually, in our first year at college, they actually did, we would have like a um, awards night thing where they would do like a goal of the season thing and they would have pick 10 goals. I think in our first year, he had like seven out of the 10 goals. Right. right. Or something. <laughs> yeah, like his goals were just like ridiculous, really. <laughs>
0: Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Oh, it's it's going to be, I, I mean, I hope he does. As an Argyle fan, I hope he does. Yeah great i mean it's going to be yeah. he's going to in the championship i mean i think one of the, i think i think it's the fifth biggest league in the world in terms of money and yeah. attendances but the places yeah. he's going to be visiting are going to be amazing the grounds yeah. i mean
1: Exactly. yeah exactly he's already spoken to me about like obviously they got Leeds and yeah, a few, yeah. A few different stadiums that like it's pretty mental really compared to um a lot of the other places where he's played it's a bit weird you'd only get big crowds in the big games and yeah then, yeah yeah especially in denmark they would only get big crowds when they played against the the bigger teams. Um whereas in England obviously you get it's very rare that the the attendance will drop off that much depending on who you're playing really. Yeah. Um so so that'll be he, he's buzzing for that and obviously um the last couple of years at Argyle they've had like unreal unreal support and everything's been getting sold out the majority of the time which which will be class for him I, I think as well.
0: Yeah, I think you'll need to talk to him about tickets, mate. They're out to come about Come by these days. We're yeah, out.
1: I know.
0: <laughs> We're, sell- <laughs> We're selling <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah, they're selling out <laughs> within minutes of general sale. It's fantastic. I, I mean, it's no. certainly a much better club than when he was down in Newquay in Cornwall.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah. It's transformed definitely.
0: over the years. I mean, it, yeah. Maybe it's a silly question, but how do you think he's
1: going to do in the championship? Because it's a hell of a league, isn't it? And yeah, it, I know exactly. Like, obviously. For for him, he's a very confident yeah. person. Like believes in himself, and um, I think from what I can gather, the manager gets the best out of his players. Yeah, has um, got the best out of players that were probably in similar situations to what he is in in now. Yeah, um, well, abs-
0: I mean, I mean, like to take Morgan Whitaker for an example, he was, you know, once a hot prospect, yeah. had a few iffy years in truth, and then he turned yeah. up on loan to us, and like man, transformed. And then we've, got, yeah, we've exactly. kind of got we've kind of got ten stories very similar to that throughout our
1: squad. Yeah, so yeah. I think that that will that will really help him if he's got like a manager that that believes in him. And obviously now like he knows he's going to be here for at least two years, say. Yeah. Um. So then he's he knows that it's he's cool. not just going to be a quick turnaround. He can kind of properly bond with, say, like the supporters and the other players and get settled in a place, yeah. which I think will help him. And uh, obviously, I'm. I'm fairly kind of nerve, more nervous for him in a way for him to do well. Not like nervous, but
0: oh,
1: yeah, I, um, it, yeah. I obviously want him want him to do kind of really well. And I I think that um, if he can get back to the levels that he would in in Denmark, then I think that he would be like he'd be really good. He he'd be really good, and I think that he'll he'll love all the supporters and. Um, I think the, the way that kind of Plymouth play in the English game, I think, suits him quite well right. compared to some of the football that he's played in different countries as well.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you talking about those attributes and stuff. Schumacher, the Argonne manager, was talking about his KPIs, his key performance indicators, yeah. that were jumping off the page to the data team. Apparently, they've been tracking him for a while. Yeah. I, I, I presume they're tracking players in every position. Yeah, um, A good handful in each position. Um, and he said, you know, he ticks... A load, a load of boxes that we're looking for. Obviously, he yeah. didn't specify what. Um, yeah, yeah, but he seemed he seemed quite confident and excited, Schumacher, about getting getting the, getting his man.
1: Um, yeah, so I'm I'm guessing that he they might have even had people kind of tracking him from when he was in England potentially because yeah. yeah, I think right. he said that it was started off with some like a chief scout or something had messaged him um, or messaged his agent or something like that, saying that they was interested and then um as soon as as soon as Plymouth were interested in him, he sacked off every other op- like opportunity really? that he had anywhere else just to make sure that he could do as much as he could to come to plymouth then um, That's amazing and I think that that would be i think in himself he 's probably not that he wouldn't have a drive to do well somewhere else, but I think it would gives him probably an extra maybe five or ten percent knowing that he 's got all of his mates here um that will be wanting him to do well, loads of people that will probably be watching him in the crowd that know of him and different yeah. things like that and will be wanting to, to kind of do well not only for himself but for, for them as well.
0: Oh mate, I mean imagine I mean you and I are going on about what a crazy story it is. I mean imagine what it's like for him. It must be in oh, Spain. No. You know, know, like, <laughs> coming it, from the Bellamy good, no. Academy, New Key, yeah. Hereford, Denmark, yeah. Belgium and now it's kinda come full circle.
1: Yeah, literally it's like it's pretty it's pretty mental to be honest. If someone had said to me when he left for college, Oh yeah, he'll be playing for Plymouth in a few years, I would have been like No he won't <laughs> 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 No he won't, but uh here he is and obviously that's it's worked out pretty well for, for everyone
0: especially a Plymouth Argyle and their best kind of guys ever yeah, you know what i mean like back exactly. then when you're at college i doubt we were, we're probably yeah. it was probably admin kind of time or just after yeah. and now we're in the championship <laughs> and playing really great football and it's like the best yeah. best version of argyle ever like i say it's it's fantastic yeah, it's well let's yeah everything it's crossed it goes well for him i imagine it'll take a while for him to get up yeah. to speed and yeah. but he feels totally it, he helped. does feel like he already he's kind of like a cult hero
1: yeah, that's and good. Well, hopefully hopefully he will be.
0: Yeah, he's got a good name as well. I can hear, I can see a few chants coming out. Yeah, I feel like he's got a good I've name. Seen that, um,
1: I've seen a few on that, I don't know it is, that Argyle chants page or whatever. Yep. Uh, I've seen a few on there that are quite funny. And what
0: You you refer to so. him as the Moose, was that right? Is, is that something you yeah, should be so picking he, up on?
1: Well, when we was at um, college, when he first came, people, obviously the lad that he came with was called Alasan. And yeah. he was called Mustafa, And they said, like, what do you want to be called? It's like a short name because we can't be calling you Mustafa all the time. Yeah. So he yeah. said, oh, just call me Moose. So then right. everything, it kind of stuck with him then, really.
0: well, wow. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible.
1: All right, Callum,
0: thank you ever so much for your time. That is, great. I'm sure the listeners will enjoy it. That's an incredible story, isn't it?
1: Wow, that's great. Yeah, it's really good.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it, like I say, everything crossed that he, um, has a great time in green
1: i can't wait to see him in action yeah i'm sure he will yeah i'm buzzing as well to be fair (laughs) (gasps) all right mate thank you ever so much for jumping on no that's fine thank you
0: all right there we have it what a story. I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly enjoyed uh, listening to it. Incredible stories within the story. Uh, a huge shout-out to uh, Callum. He was great. Um, thank you ever so much, Callum, for coming on. And another few shout-outs, new AFC supporters, Global Twitter page. Thank you guys for helping me out. And Luke Hodge, both of you were really helpful and put me in contact with Callum, actually, and gave some great detail on the loose so yeah thank you you guys for, um, for helping us out there and best of luck Nuki for this of the season best of luck Malzal and most importantly best of luck Mustafa can't wait to see you in green uh, yeah I hope you enjoyed this one something a little different alright we'll be back in a few days to preview Preston until then take it easy